This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. In recent weeks, we have seen an explosion of anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic rhetoric through the remarks and the comments of Kanye West. Now, here on the show today, here on Voice of Change, I am going to be speaking to someone incredibly special, someone who is combating anti-Semitism and also rhetoric against Israel. Today, it's important that we talk about topics like this because we see this, yes, happening on social media, but this is really affecting people's lives anti-semitism we know it's been around for a long time but we also know that it is something that rears its ugly head often and often and often and here in South Africa we know as well because many of you listening in today are Zionists who believe that Israel should be a Jewish nation or you support the Jewish people and you want to hear conversations like this and that is why today this conversation is really really important and so welcome to Voice of Change here on Cape Pulpit with myself Lauren Jacobs where I'm not shying away from having very very important conversations that need to be had. So who is going to be joining me for this special conversation? Well, I am joined by Noah Tishby. Now, Noah has been an actress, a film producer. She's a mom. She's also an author of an incredible, incredible book called Israel, A Simple Guide to the Most Misunderstood Country on Earth. But while the book is important, she's actually a special envoy for combating anti-Semitism and the delegitimization of Israel chosen by governmental leaders in Israel, the first special envoy for combating anti-Semitism. It's a very, very strong role and also, of course, one that is a very, very heavy role sometimes. But I know that nowhere is such a powerful, passionate voice on speaking up against anti-Semitism. She's also, you know, been on TV and you've probably seen her on TV as well. She's been an actress in many different areas and many different films and series and sitcoms and so it's going to be such a great time having her on the show today i'm so grateful for her and for her voice her voice of change that she's going to be bringing to the show because it's all about what making a change not just you know speaking about change but making a change and today we want to talk about anti-semitism because It is happening and it is happening in our country as well. We have been seeing it for years and years and years at the highest levels to the basic levels of our society. So welcome to the show. Settle in, settle down with me and be with me for this important conversation. Let it resonate in your heart what Noah and I are going to be sharing over the next hour. So like I said, settle down and Noah's with me after this. Noah, it is so good to have you with me today. This is a real privilege and I know that I've been telling people Noah is going to be with me and we're going to be talking about anti-Semitism as well as your new role that you've taken on this year as the special envoy for combating anti-Semitism and the delegitimization of Israel, which is a big deal. This is going to be a great conversation especially for people who support Israel and the Jewish people before we get into that thank you so much for being with me today I hope that you've been doing good thank you so much for having me yeah it's been uh, it's been an intense period of uh, period of time for everyone here <laughs> mm, it has been and with voting going on and with everything happening I'm sure it's been it's been quite a time hasn't it 
Yes, it really has. Mm. Now tell us. Yeah, sorry. You know, I was thinking, you know, I've listened to a few interviews that you've done about your mission and mandate on being the special envoy for combating anti-Semitism. But probably the listeners who are leaning in are going, wow, that sounds like a really overwhelmingly big task, (laughs) especially we are just seeing, you know, maybe we are seeing quite a lot of things happening, which we're going to touch on. So tell us a bit about what exactly your task is and what exactly you are actually have taken upon yourself to be doing. So this is a great question. So I have, for the listeners who don't know me, I've been working in the space of of Israel advocacy and anti-Semitism for over over a decade, so probably around 15 years, I've published a book uh, last year called Israel, A Simple Guide to the Most Misunderstood Country on Earth. I've been mm-hmm. speaking all over the country and the world on matters uh, relating to Israel and anti-Semitism. And when Prime Minister Yeh Lapid um, asked me a few months ago to be Israel's first special envoy for combating anti-Semitism and delegitimization, I was obviously honored and and said yes immediately. But the second thing I said to him was I started laughing. Mm -hmm. And he said, "What? why are you laughing? And I said, because you're setting me up to fail. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be successful. (laughs) This is never going to work. And he's like, he laughed as well. And he's like, no, I I expect you to end anti-Semitism within the next three months, please. (laughs) Um, Later on, I found out that this is a running gag and a running joke within people who are in this field, knowing very, very well that we're never going to end this. So the thing to understand is that anti-Semitism, which is anti-Jewish racism um, and or prejudice, has been around for thousands of years. It's been around since the Jews have been around. It's been mm. first reported in the, three, in the third century BC in Alexandria, Egypt. Um, in 74 AD, historian Josephus Flavius wrote a book called the antiquity of the Jews in order to fight pagan anti-Semitism. That's in 74 AD. So this this form of hate and bigotry has been around forever. It caused persecutions, pogroms. It obviously caused the Holocaust. Mm. So it has always been around this kind of, and the thing about anti-Semitism is that it's more than just hate. It's more than thinking that someone is less than you or hating them for no reason. Mm. It's more of a conspiracy theory. And it's a shape-shifting conspiracy theory. So throughout history, every time the Jews have been blamed for something, uh, been persecuted, uh, marginalized, um, ostracized for something, and we are sadly seeing this uh, again today. So having said that, my my role in my life and in this position, so you know, I'm going to continue doing this role. I've, I've done it before the position, and I will continue obviously doing it after, mm-hmm. is to bring it to light, to be the fighter in this generation for the Jewish people, for the betterment of humanity, for love and understanding, for the state of Israel. And uh, that's that's what I do. That's what we do. And uh, I'm, I got to say, it's a terrible, terrible thing to deal with, but it's a fantastic job that I'm extremely inspired by. Hmm. Well, this is so incredible what you actually saying to us. And you mentioned conspiracy theory, and we hear this a lot of, and I don't think people realize that it's anti-Semitism. When you hear things like, oh, the Jews control Hollywood or the Jewish people control the weather, you know, they're messing with the weather patterns or the Jewish people control the money or this is, this is forms of anti-Semitism, but it's also rooted in this conspiracy theory. It's rooted in just pointing a finger at Jewish people and saying, you know, they're the problem. 
they the ones that are controlling things. They're the ones that are controlling what's happening in America and in politics. And there's all these things that's happening. Where does, like you're saying, this has been around since the Jewish people have been around. And to think about that means that it's bigger than our minds, bigger than what we can imagine, bigger than what we know, bigger than what we understand right here, right now. But, you know, why are there so many conspiracy theories? You know, sometimes it kind of feels like people are trying to understand something. But if it's coming from a place of hatred and racism, then we're not trying to understand. We're trying to point a finger. Yes. And it's very easy to point a finger. Look, the Holocaust, before the Holocaust, the Jews were blamed in controlling the banks. And that gave uh, people the pretext and the context and the justification to then try and rid the world of the Jews. So this is something that I think to some extent, everybody suspicious, people are suspicious of, quote unquote, the other, whether it's a different color of person, whether it's a different race, ethnicity, religion, we are suspicious of the other, which is something that I think humanity can, we can, we can start overcoming that Mm. (laughs) probably it's about time, but the Jews have been this small group of people that have kept pretty um, night kind of tight uh, to themselves have been kind of ostracized to ghettos throughout the the centuries. And uh, people have been suspicious of them. And it's, uh, it's, um, Look, it's it's coming out now as well. It's coming out again. This and that and that's the thing. When you, as a as a non Jewish person, if you listen to somebody say, "Oh, the Jews control the banks. The Jews control Hollywood. The Jews control X, Y, and Z," right? You think to yourself, "Well, that's not hate. I'm actually saying that they have control, right?" Mm. But for the Jewish people, that that is horrifying because throughout the history, what we've what preceded that was a pogrom or persecution, Mm -hmm. or discrimination. So this is something that we're used to. We've heard this before. And I mean, look, I'm, 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 I'm saying this in jest, right? But I always joke that people think that we have a cabal, may as well start acting like we do. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) sure. Okay, fine. You're saying that we control everything. (laughs) Wish we did. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty well-connected Jew in the world. Yeah. I wish found that cabal i wish i would have found that network of control uh, that doesn't exist so Mm -hmm. to to blame a group of people for that and then to take that blame that invented control and blame your life on that so Mm -hmm. somebody like kanye west he is now blaming the jews for whatever he it is that he's not happy about in his career and his business life it's it's this is old material Right. So people mm. kind of look for something to blame. And for some reason or another throughout the years, it's always been the Jew, mm. always been the Jew. Mm. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and you mentioned Kanye West, and even here in South Africa, we have been witnessing and following and hearing about his anti Semitic marks, but remarks, but also has this kind of shone a greater light on the fact that really anti-Semitism is alive and well, because yes, his remarks also have kind of caused people to, you know, make more statements and come out more blatantly on university campuses or or having that banner up on that highway and going like, hoot if you don't like Jews, you know, and just things happening. And it was like, he kind of spoke this out, but then a lot of people began to kind of act out what he was saying. Maybe they didn't even know him personally or, you know, weren't even connected to him, but it actually kind of gave more fuel to the fire. And isn't that worrying? Shouldn't we be concerned about that? Anti-Semitism is alive and well, and we need to realize that as people as well. 
Absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we knew this was alive and well, we knew this was brewing under the surface. Um, we knew the new forms of antisemitism and how antisemitism is manifested today, which is mostly in the shape of anti-Israel rhetoric, which we can get Mm. into later on. Um, but what he did to some extent, I'm personally grateful for him. And also mm-hmm. Brett Stevens from the New York Times wrote, thank you very much article, mm-hmm. because what he did to some extent is he brought to the surface this undercurrent of hate that's been brewing for a very long time and brought it to the conversation of, of people. You know, mm-hmm. again, Jews are such a minority in the world. We're, you know, less than 15 million people around the world. Mm-hmm. And in America, we are targeted the, the target of 54% of hate, of, of religion-based hate. So we're such a small minority taking the huge brunt of like hate and discrimination, yet because the Jews are not an underrepresented minority, because the Jews are doing pretty well right now, yeah. for, you know, considering considering history, right? Hmm. Um, we are not considered a minority anymore. So we're not considered like a minority in like divestment and um, um, equity and, and inclusion. We're not considered a DEI, what's called DEI. We're not considered a minority in anywhere, right? Mm. And we're suddenly being treated like the white suppressed, like white oppressor, which is crazy to think about that because while the Jews are, some of them, right? I mean, my Moroccan Jewish friends would argue this severely, but some of them are white passing, because they're of Eastern European descent, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of Jews aren't, and Jews were not afforded the same privileges that white Christians have throughout history. Like we've been pretty much pushed out of every place we've been to in the past 2000 years. Like that's that's the reality of, of Jewish people. So I think what happened in recent with recent remarks have been to some extent um, useful for the Jewish people. To some extent, we were able to use it and bring this to the conversation and to have people of of um, kind of um, social currency and power and speak up against anti-Semitism is extremely, extremely powerful and important. Hmm. I love this perspective as well. You bring in a different perspective. And I know that my grandfather and great grandfather, when they came over to South Africa, they were uh, Jewish and considered non-white. And I, I, I only discovered that, that, you know, when they, <laughs> when I actually started going to the archives and researching my family history and actually my great grandfather was uh, settled in a slum area when he came here. And I was like, what does it say on his birth certificate that he's not white? You know? You know, like, we're never white exactly like in exactly. recent like two decades or whatever like in the recent decade or the recent conversation about race the jews are suddenly put in the bracket of like white people it's crazy yeah. we're not white we're jewish it's a it's an entire different ethnic group exactly and I, and, and and that's why i like that you're bringing this up you know because when you look at it and and, and you look at it and you go well actually this is a deeper conversation that we need to be having here you know it is actually frames everything so well and your perspective as well on saying okay what kanye has been saying and doing is actually a good thing if we flip it around and go now we're talking about it and also what is your perspective on the fact of i know that a lot of celebrities and people of power and positions of power have been speaking up and saying actually you know what i stand with the jewish community i stand with my jewish friends and no form of hatred should be tolerated we see even 
This week, we see a book that was released on Amazon that is just filled with uh, anti-Semitic titles and a lot of people writing open letters to Amazon saying, please remove this book and celebrities getting involved. And now people being kind of almost more awakened to what is happening and ready to stand up. Do you feel like this is that this is quite a good thing that's happening? Absolutely. Absolutely feel like it's a good thing. Um, Last year, when... um, the George Floyd uh, uh, demonstrations were happening in the United States. A lot of uh, a lot of us in the Jewish community stood up next to the black community, and we were you know the Jews have been very strong on social justice for generations because we've been so discriminated against for so mm-hmm. many years. Um, in May, when the war between Israel and Hamas occurred, I had so many and like anti-Semitism was exploding everywhere online on social media and offline and Jewish people attacked on the streets of Los Angeles and New York and everywhere. Right. Mm. So many people, Jewish people felt so left out and so alone and so unprotected because nobody was speaking up at the time. Mm. Um, nobody was speaking up to defend the Jewish people. And we're like, oh, my God, we're being attacked and nobody is standing up to defend us. And what Kanye did was actually made people stand up and defend us. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good thing. And I'll take it. It's not ideal, right? I don't want it to happen at all. But if it is, then I'll take it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's important. It's Mm, I like that. I like that as well. And I almost though see sometimes a bit of the uh, hypocrisy of going, okay, people are standing up and speaking out now that Kanye has said something. But when someone like Bella Hadid says something about like Palestine, then people don't say much, uh, you know, and so then I kind of wonder if people are speaking up because it's Kanye and people have just had enough of him. And he's just like wore a T-shirt just the other week that said white lives matter. And that really upset so many people. And then we kind of have a reality where even his ex-wife and other people are speaking up and going, no, Kanye, what you're doing is wrong. Sometimes it can almost feel as though they are targeting the person as well. But then we have to have one rule and one kind of margin for everybody. So there's lots of politicians and other people who are anti-Semitic that don't get called out. And that kind of feels hard to deal with as well. Yes, but, um, you know, he Kanye had to go on a tirade for weeks before he actually got consequences. Mm -hmm. So he started with this death con three on Jewish people, which again, just changed the word Jewish people to black people or Asian people. I'm going Mm -hmm. death con three on X people. He would have gotten, you know, consequences immediately. And then he doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down until eventually a few weeks later, people were like, all right, enough is enough. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad, and it's kind of like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, because on one hand, people are like, oh, see, the Jewish people control everything. And we're sa- sitting there going, no, for any other race or ethnicity, he would have been, he would have gotten consequences a long time ago. Mm. Like he needed to go out there so much for people to actually be like, all right, enough, right? And mm. it's true because he was so over- overt. And with everything that has to do with Israel, it's a little bit more subtle. It's a little bit more subtle because people don't understand this form of new anti-Semitism, which is anti-Israel rhetoric, which is anti-Israel, which is like trying to um, dismantle Israel, the obsession, the disproportionate obsession with Israel. Uh, People don't understand that anti-Zionism being against the Jewish state is being against the Jewish people Mm. because, because 
a huge majority for 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 the Jewish people. Um, longing for the re-emergence of a Jewish state is something that's ingrained, it's integral to our identity. So mm-hmm. we say on Passover, you know, next year in Jerusalem, we've been saying it for thousands of years. Yeah. It's uh, That land of Israel was never any other sovereign land other than a Jewish state. It just hasn't. There never yeah. been any other country there other than like it was occupied and occupied and occupied and occupied, but it was first a Jewish state and now it's a Jewish state. Mm-hmm. Um and if you're so obsessed with one country and one country only, and that country happens to be Jewish, there's a name for it. Mm-hmm. And people just replaced everything that they suspect about the Jews and that they fear about the Jew. And they, they just turned it into the Zionist or Israel. So mm-hmm. Zionist now is a proxy for for a Jew. And I mean, this this interview is coming out in South Africa, right? The South African model is very problematic in terms of Israel, because what yep. these anti-Israel yep. activists are trying to do is to make Israel occur as, a, as an apartheid state. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more offensive to like anti-apartheid activists than to compare Israel, which is a country that has legal rights, equal rights to all its citizens, mm-hmm to apartheid South Africa. It's unheard of. Yeah. But that's what they're trying that's what they're trying to do. And they're using this rhetoric and 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 trying to brand Israel something that it isn't. And what this is, it's just another form of of anti-Semitism, just replacing the Jew with Israel. Mm-hmm. And that's what Bella Hadid is doing, right? So Bella Hadid is vilifying Israel in an obsessive way. She's never been to Israel. She doesn't know what's she doesn't understand mm-hmm. that it's what she's saying is false. But what she is doing, even though she will describe herself as not an anti-Semite, is giving fuel for anti-Semites, if she's not one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, again, because we are so such a small amount of Jews in the world, it's, it's, quite, uh, it's quite terrifying. Mm. It's absolutely terrifying. I don't think pe- people really realize the reality. Even here in South Africa, the Jewish people are really a minority of a minority, right? It's like a very small amount of people. And mm-hmm. yet it is, it's important to understand exactly what you're talking about as well. And we're going to touch on this after the song break about the delegitimization of Israel and how comparing Israel to apartheid South Africa is actually Horrible. Very horrible. You it's said the horrible. word horrible it's there. Just, it's just horrible. It's again, it's horrible. What your what your country have been through has been through has been so um mm. epic and so important. And to compare these two is just it's horrifying for South Africans and for everything that you guys have been through. Exactly. And, uh, you know, Noah, it, uh, about six weeks ago, we had this uh, recording that happened outside of our parliament where we were recording uh, of people who support Israel and support the Jewish people. And it was a recording. And this wonderful, wonderful old man, really old man, uh, old colored man, as we say here in South Africa, he stepped forward and he said that, and he had tears in his eyes and I was interviewing him and I started crying. So I had to kind of step off camera. And he said that for him to hear anybody refer to Israel as an apartheid state really hurts him because he loves Israel. He supports the Jewish people. He is a Zionist and he lived through apartheid. He was married to a white lady. And for him to hear anybody say that, is so personal to him because he lived 
what apartheid was. And he lived it here in South Africa. And he said, I've been to Israel. I've been to Israel dozens of times. I lived in exile outside of South Africa because I was married to a white lady. And we, we, we need to stop this. And again, it's that realization that you're also referring to that people lived through the apartheid. People know what that means. And many of them are Zionists today. Yes. Because they support Israel, they've been there, they understand, they know, and they do not see the same reality in Israel that they live through here. And it's not the same. Not the same. It is not the same reality. It is a lie that's perpetuated on college campuses in America Mm -hmm. and around the world. Trying to turn Israel into South Africa is going to be something that will horrify generations to come. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're going to take a really, really quick song break because obviously you can hear myself and Noah getting really passionate about this conversation. But we want you just to think about this for yourself. Think about where you're at right now. Think about have you heard people referring to Israel as apartheid? So think about what that really means and how we need to be doing better. So enjoy some music, but don't go anywhere because Noah is with me still after this. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change today. And I hope that you've been with myself and Noah Tishby since the beginning of the show because we're really getting into a very important conversation, talking about anti-Semitism, talking about the delegitimization of Israel. Now, Noah, before we went to the song break, we were also getting into this referencing of Israel as an apartheid state and how this really is horrible. It's really shocking. And you mentioned earlier on about your book, which is entitled Israel, A Simple Guide to the Most Misunderstood Country on earth. This is a super important book, and I really want to encourage people to get it, to read it. And Noah, with this, we have here in South Africa, and we've we've been chatting about this, a we have a lot of political leaders and government leaders as well as smaller groups that are speaking up against Israel. And yet, though, we have a lot of people who support the Jewish people, who are non-Jewish supporting the Jewish people, and who support Israel as a Jewish state. And many of them are Christians, and they refer to themselves as Zionists. Now, I want to ask you, how do, you know, Christian people who may be, okay, they're not Jewish, but they, they are Zionists and they love the Jewish people. And we see millions of South Africans like that. And I must say that of all different colors, supporting Israel, supporting the Jewish people, how do they stand up for Israel? What do they do? Because sometimes it becomes so difficult, you know, especially online. Sometimes you see people doing horrible things and posting horrible things and you get a little bit upset. How do Christians really go about standing up for what they believe about the Jewish people? Because Christians do. They want to come alongside. They want to support. They want to help. Sometimes they just don't know how to do that. First of all, this is, it's such a great question. Um, I think that, look, people of the book know the truth, whichever book that is, right? Obviously in, in, in Christianity and in Judaism, and also in, in the Quran, it says that the Jews will return to Israel. So it's unquestionable that the land of Israel has always been the land of the Jews and should stay um, should stay that way, mm. um, which doesn't mean that the Palestinians don't have a right for self-determination as well, but the Jews need to be there. It's a part of their identity. Mm. I think that what you described before the break about your the, the, the that man that was outside, outside the court mm. is what we need, is what Israel 
Israel needs. We need advocates that are outside of the Jewish community. We need allies. We need people to speak up. If you are a member of a, a, a city council and you see one of your council members saying something that is not right, stand up for them, speak up, reach out, have conversations with people and don't sit back when you hear the mob um, going up mm. against Israel or the Jewish people. Stand up for it because it's the right thing to do. We always have to stand up for what is right, and it's the right thing to do. And I'm I'm eternally grateful for the Christian community in South Africa for standing up for for Israel and for being un, un, unapologetically Zionist. Because mm. you know, being a Zionist is just being for the Jewish people, mm. having a state, mm. <laughs> and uh, kind of like a human basic human right. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for that. And I really encourage people with that as well to say any way that you can stand up, that is good. It's beneficial. It's it's incredible. And Noah, do you feel hopeful as you are doing such important work as you are going around and seeing what's happening with anti-Semitism on the ground as well in America, which is a big deal and a lot of things happening. Are you hopeful that there are going to be things that start changing? Are there plans? You know, obviously this is, it is a big task. Like you said, I have no doubt that, you know, you are uniquely and divinely positioned where you are right now. Do you have hope to continue going and to continue raising awareness and to, you know, taking action against what you are seeing? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to continue doing this for, for in, until I, until my dying breath, hopefully in Admavislim, mm. as we say. Um, it it is something that I uh, enjoy doing. I think I am I am uniquely positioned to speak mm. up on these matters, um, and I'm never going to stop. And I'm extraordinarily optimistic because the Jewish people are. It's not so much that the Jewish people are resi- are powerful, right? But yeah. it is that the Jewish people are resilient, mm. very resilient. So we've been through a lot, and we have a role to play in in with humanity, and to bring on light, and to bring on knowledge, and to bring on whatever it is that we need to bring on. And we're going to continue doing that. So I, I always say, you know, we survived Pharaoh, we survived Hitler, we'll survive mm. Kanye. absolutely 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 and and it's so true uh, the jewish people being so resilient Uh, recently i was at a just very recently i was at a wonderful talk where this incredible woman her name was kelly and i can't think of her surname right now but she survived a terrorist attack uh, in tel aviv a couple of years ago and it's a very famous well i don't want to say famous because that's inverted commas uh tel aviv uh, a brutal attack now there's a memorial there today at the coffee shop and three women were killed and i'm sure you know about about it and it's, it was a really big thing and she just kept saying that you know it's it's about lechaim it's about to life and we need to live and sure. we continue and though this terrorist was there and this bomb went off and people got killed and you know she's got shrapnel still in her body today she she said i'm i'm alive and i'm living and i'm you know i've had children and so the jewish people continue and it's about life and it's about living life and it's about continuing to live life and to give life to others and that is a very uniquely Jewish concept. And I would go so far as to say an Israeli concept as well, you know, this continuation of, of life. And it is about life and it is that resilience. And that's something we can all learn and take away from the Jewish people, you know, that we can apply to our own lives. We can Absolutely. overcome and we can live. Absolutely. And I think that also in terms of 
applying Jewish living onto life, there's so many wonderful things about the Jewish tradition that everybody should adopt. And it's all out there on the internet for everyone to know and to learn and to, you know, research. There's nothing mysterious about it. There's nothing conspiratorial about it. The reason, the way that the Jewish people have been living for thousands of years um, works. Hmm. works. I'm also very much pro um, Jewish pride, right? The Jewish people, we've, we've been so persecuted for so many years, for so many, for so many generations that we have this um, innate fear in us that we want to just be quiet and not have ruffle and feathers and much, just not, don't look at us. It's okay. You know, but I'm, I'm not for that because I think that we should be proud of the fact that Jews yeah. are 0.02% of the world population, but also are there 20% of Nobel Prize winners? That's mm. pretty extraordinary. So there's yeah. something about the Jewish way of living, this like, you know, the, the values of education, obsession with education and family yeah. values yeah. and all mm. that's mandatory rest, day of rest and like respecting the elders, all these like Jewish traditions that are very good. And like absolutely. everybody should adopt them. <laughs> They're really cool. They're great. Uh, absolutely. And and having an, and a strong work ethic. It's not that, you know, Jewish oh, people yeah. control everything. And I've seen that in my grandfather, you know, just having a such a strong work ethic. And, and like you said, a, an obsession with education and educating your children and family obsession. values. Yes. Family, and that's something that we need for life today. The family is crucial. And it's, you know, my aunt always used to say she used to visit another Jewish family over Shabbat, you know, because my grandparents didn't keep it. And she always used to say she found Shabbat so romantic because everyone was lighting candles, you know, and everyone was what? together. <laughs> it's, beautiful. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, beautiful traditions. Everybody should adopt them. They are highly recommended. They're not a secret. Yeah. And they work. Hmm. And we can Absolutely. be proud of them. Absolutely. And Noah, you know, I can just hear that Jewish pride in you. And it's just so beautiful. And that's what I want to say to Jewish people listening to us as well. I know that you've probably also tuned in to listen to myself and Noah today. You know, I am incredibly proud in inverted commas as well of Jewish pride. And I feel like that is something that we can just really take with us, but also something that other people actually really do look up to. And maybe that's why there's a slight bit of jealousy that happens, you know, but, I'll, I'll, but that's, but that's fine. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Again, it's not conspiratorial. Great. If you're, but Kanye was alluding to it, right. He's like, they're so great. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go to that. Instead of saying <laughs> my life don't work because of the Jews, yes. some say something like, Oh, the Jews, why are they doing so great? Maybe anything can learn from them. Yes. You know, mm. so absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And Noah, I want to say thank you so much for spending this time with me today. It, it feels like it flew by so quickly for me. And I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing, the passion that you have, you know, the heart that you have as well as the humor that you have. And also just this incredible work. And my prayer is that, you know, you will just continue to be blessed with strength and wisdom and everything that you need to continue your work as the special envoy for combating anti-Semitism. But also beyond that, your work that will continue, as you say, until you take your final breath and it is just incredible work that you're so like I said uniquely and divinely chosen for and I'm grateful for that so I want to say thank you for spending this time with me and also for just inspiring us today as well and for being a huge voice of change thank you so much thank you so so much
Yeah. And thank you again. And yeah, just take care and all the best. And I'm looking forward to see all the amazing work that you're going to be doing over the next couple of months. Thank you so much. God bless America, Israel, and South Africa. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. It's so, so incredible to have had Noah with me. And again, I'm really grateful for her. And I pray that we will think of her and we will lift her up in our prayers. Even as you are sitting, hearing my voice right now and you tuned in, maybe just say a prayer for Noah, say a prayer for her and her team who are doing such special, important work during this time period. I often reflect on the fact that, you know, when the Holocaust happened and while we've been reading a lot of history books about the Holocaust, because of course for myself and maybe for many of you listening, we weren't around when the Holocaust happened, of course. And as our Holocaust survivors have passed away and are passing away right now, we know that there's that common saying that has come out from the Holocaust and that is, we will not allow something like this to happen again. We hear that from people, we see it and we read it in books, we see it in exhibitions about the Holocaust that we can't forget the past. We need to remember what has happened so that we can ensure that it doesn't happen again. But you know, a Holocaust doesn't happen overnight or a genocide like the Rwandan genocide. It doesn't happen overnight. Or what's happening in Russia, Ukraine or Syria. It doesn't happen overnight. It's something that happens bit by bit, little by little. We hear conversations or there are remarks that are anti someone, anti a group of people, anti a country, anti an organization or an individual. And little bit by little bit, these things begin to happen. And that is something that we see in our world right now. We always say we will remember so that we can ensure that it doesn't happen again. But we are hearing things today that should spark us to realize that there is, as the Bible says, nothing new under the sun, nothing new that is going to be happening, but it has really happened before. So may we have open eyes, open ears and an open heart and open spirit to hear how we need to take actionable steps to combat the things that are against, as we have been saying, the other. And that is also anti-Semitism, racism, prejudices against other people. And first, let us look at ourselves and see where we might be carrying this inside of us. Maybe we are against someone or something or the other, someone that's different. May we really look at our hearts, deal with that, and also just continue to stand and take that challenge upon ourselves to stand up for what we truly believe in to stand for Israel and to stand with and for the Jewish people and to stand up and to say this is what we believe and we are standing firm we are standing strong and we can take that challenge upon ourselves and we can live with God's strength and his fullness to make the changes and to be that change it's been so good to be with you this past hour i've really enjoyed the show today and i pray that it's been a huge blessing to you let's together be the change make the change and with god's help create a better world that kind of world that we want to see and to be you know that shining light that we are really mandated to be in this generation until next week take care and shalom shalom this insert was brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 a.m please visit kpulpit.co.za